Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson and today we have another special guest and she's going to introduce herself. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me. I am Mary Tess Humberger, your America's I Don't Miss North Carolina Teen 2022. I'm a rising junior at West Careers High School and I have a personal platform called Healing Light which is to help raise money for those who have been scarred by their acne but can't afford these expensive laser treatments to help remove the scarring. That is an amazing platform. I want to start right off with that. So I'm so glad you're here today along with just kind of a peace of mind for the listeners. I was a sponsor for America's Ideal Miss Carolina's pageant this year, which is the South Carolina, North Carolina, and I think Coastal Carolinas. They had a bunch of titles they gave out at that pageant. But I wanted to specifically talk to my North Carolina, South Carolina girls and get them on here to tell them, tell you guys a little more about themselves. So like you said, your platform, let's talk about that a little bit. That's something unique that I've never, I've never heard of that platform before. So give the listeners a little bit more on why you picked this platform and kind of what you've done with it. Yes. So in eighth grade, I suffered from severe acne and I was left over with a ton of scarring. Um, which is what a lot of people don't talk about. They don't talk about the scarring that is left over from your acne, which can still have a toll on you. You know, it still has an impact on your life. Um, and I kind of just realized that as I'm going through this, it's not just me. There's other people who are going through the same exact thing. And, So I started getting into laser treatments to help remove the scarring. And I'm so grateful that my family, that we can afford it. But it's so much money. It's so costly that a lot of people can't. And it made me realize that, you know. um, But I'm grateful for the opportunity to get to share my platform to raise money for those who can't afford these laser treatments because I know it doesn't just affect myself but others around me as well and I do have a funding website linked in my Instagram bio mary.humberger and where you can donate money and I also love to send out positive um, little notes or cards or even if it's just verbally to someone that I know who might be struggling with their acne and their teen years, so. No, I absolutely totally understand that, and being the 22-year-old I am, I thought by this point, you know, acne would be done, acne would be gone, and uh, probably, I think this was my senior year of college, I had a huge cystic flare-up after having COVID, and it was one of the just effects from it. I ultimately had, it was on my back, on my my face and my cheeks and that is really confidence crushing honestly and so I'm glad that you have a platform that is here to you know advocate help and educate people on how to deal with this how to get rid of it possibly or how to just you know handle feeling confident in your own skin and I honestly wish I would have had you there and you know being 21 you would think at this point being in the pageant world for so long you have all of this confidence but my face was peeling, my makeup wouldn't stick, it would slide, it just didn't look good, and it didn't show up well on photos, and so that that whole year I had taken, afterwards, I had taken a stand that I was like, I'm not going to edit any of my pictures, you have to accept me as I am, and so that was one of the best things that I learned for myself is 
just because I have a bump on my face or just because I have a spot doesn't mean that I'm not pretty or I don't have the confidence that I deserve and I need. And so I, you know, made sure I wasn't editing those pictures so people saw the true texture of my skin. And so I really appreciate that you're doing that and, you know, educating those and helping them raise money to ultimately get rid of these scars that could be affecting them and affecting their confidence. So that's such a great platform that I've never heard of. And we'll definitely link your your website page in the bio of this um, thing. So if anyone's listening and they are interested in helping out or want to learn more on how they can help themselves, definitely check her out on Instagram and on this link below in the um, in the caption of this podcast episode. But going forward, so let's talk about your pageant journey. So I know this was your very first pageant. So let's talk about why you got involved and what ultimately made you want to join this huge pageant community. Yeah, so all my life, I've loved watching like Miss USA, Miss Universe on TV. And even my mom, she competed for one year um, for Miss Bears County. And I just kind of, (laughs) I just kind of figured that out a couple months ago, actually, um, that she did that. And after, you know, everything that has happened with my acne and my skin and, you know, being bullied. Um, it really definitely, definitely brought my confidence down. And also something about me, I'm the biggest introvert. And so one day I just asked my mom, cause I've always been wanting to do a pageant. I just asked my mom one day after we were already starting on laser treatments and everything like that. Um, and was like, can I do a pageant? And I've asked her this like a million times already. She said, no, they're just, they're just a lot, you know? And this time she was like, I mean, how can I say no for someone who went through all of this stuff? When she said that I was, you know, super excited. We were hoping that it could bring up my confidence and just my ability to talk to regular people, which it did it helped so much. Um, but so we were looking for a pageant to just compete in. And we came across Ideal Miss. And we were like, okay, let's try this one. Um, it's coming up soon. Let's just try it. It's a new one. First year for this one and first year for your pageant. So um, we did it. And can I just say, it was the sweetest pageant ever. And my confidence level, like all of those girls were the sweetest. They built you up. My confidence level went from a zero to like a 100 just from that one pageant that I did. And I'm just so glad that I did it. And yeah. I'm really glad that you're telling the listeners about this situation because that's the one thing. Uh, Kinsey Hansley actually said this in her onstage question at um, Ultimate International Miss last year was talking about if there was someone that doesn't think they're worthy or doesn't have confidence, you know, the first thing they should do is join a pageant. And that's truly that is such a true statement. It is. And joining a pageant really can help that because the women around you, you know, there's always going to be a bad seed in whatever group you're in. But nine out of 10 times, there's going to be really good people around you to empower you and uplift you. So I'm really glad that you had that experience from your first pageant, because I know one of my friends, she had done a pageant with us in uh, Pennsylvania last year. And, you know, being the first pageant, she didn't have that great of experience, but the thing she took away from it was the girls. And that's what you have to remember is going in, trying to make those friendships, those networking connections. That's really important. 
it may not, you know, you may not win the first one or you may not, you know, like the first one you ever do, but that, that shouldn't turn you away because you should be looking more at the people, you know, take what you learn from it. Every time you do something, it's a lesson. And I always like to say it's a lesson or a blessing. So you never know what you're going to get out of it, but there's always something that you can take from it and learn from the experience. And so going into this pageant journey is what it truly is. And, you know, having all of these lessons, all of these learning things and meeting new people is the important part of it. You know, I always say hashtag crowning moment, but it's not about the crown. It's about the journey it takes to get there. So that's the important part. So I'm really glad that you took that away from it. And going into, I was going to ask you about, you know, why you chose Ideal Miss. Was it just, you know, the first thing that was coming up or did you look into it? What was kind of your thought process in, you know, look into behind it? So we were just kind of, yeah, we just kind of were looking around. We already got some uh, coaches to just kind of help me on whatever I wanted to do, whatever, um, you know, help me like pick a pageant and get ready for it. So one of my coaches was like, there's this new pageant and for North Carolina, it's the very first state pageant for them. Um, and so we decided to go with it. And I'm, I'm just so glad and grateful that I did. So going, looking at nationals, you have nationals, when this episode's posted, it'll be next week. So let's think ahead and feel those emotions. What are you like most excited for going into nationals this year? Yeah, I'm so excited to meet all these other girls that I will be competing with. And also just seeing my other sister queens, um, getting to see each other again. And, you know, I'm, I don't know. I feel like for me, my favorite part that I'm excited for is like competition wise is interview. And I know a lot of people say that that's like the scariest part for them. And I mean, yes, I do get a little nervous before going in, but for me, it's like the anticipation before going in. But when I'm in the room, I feel more relaxed. I feel confident. I feel comfortable because like you said, it is just a conversation before coming on this podcast. Um, But that's really all it is just to let the judges know your true self and what you're like. They just want to get to know you. Exactly. And that was the one thing my mom and I this morning uh, were watching a video that I think Grand International posted and it was of their Miss United States girl this year talking to all of their contestants competing in their pageant this weekend. And she was talking about going into interview. They don't want the perfect answer. They want to see who you are. And if you can sell who you are because you know you the best, that's who's going to win. And it was really a good message coming off of it because the girl had talked about, you know, like I did what she didn't normally do pageants. This was kind of like her first rodeo. They asked her to do it and she was like, sure. And she just walked in and was her true self, very vulnerable and explained to them, this is my first pageant. I'm just happy to be here. I'm so glad to meet everyone. Here's my favorite things I like to talk about. Here's what to know about me. And that's what ultimately got her that title is they fell in love with her because how raw and vulnerable she was. So just remember that going into interview is, you know, if you don't have to find that perfect answer, you don't have to give them that perfect answer. And I know I'm listening to my own advice right now. I, I am that person that because how tech nerdy I am, I want to have that perfect answer in my head. But that's not what's going to win that pageant, you got to have that 
real raw answer of, you know, my favorite food is Taco Bell and I love drinking Diet Coke. Like that is what they want to hear. And it's so weird because in the old days of Miss America, you know, you had to have the perfect the perfect platform and the perfect this and have the story. But now it's not that. They're like, who are you? Why should we crown you? And so that's what you just have to remember going into that. But well, I'm so glad that we got to sit down and talk today, Mary Tess. I cannot wait for this episode to come out. And I'm so excited for you to go to your first ever national pageant. That's so exciting. So make sure to take lots of pictures. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and she is going to introduce herself. Hey guys, my name is Alexis Potts and I'm the America's Ideal Miss South Carolina teen. Some interesting things about me are that I own my own boutique called the Frilly Philly. I've been riding horses my whole life and I'm going to the University of South Carolina as a D1 athlete on their equestrian team. And I'm really excited to share some more stuff and talk to Casey today. That is so awesome, Alexa. I'm so glad for us to sit down and talk. We met a few months ago at another system and I was absolutely amazed. You are able to manage being and becoming a D1 athlete all of your horse career, as well as being a student and owning your own company. What is that like? How do you balance everything all at once? Well, it's not easy, um, but I definitely cannot do it without my mom. She, I don't call her my momager, but I do on the inside. I don't think she'd like it if I call it that to her face, but she helps me out a whole lot. She helps with my boutique. She helps with giving me ideas for social media posts and for finding outfits. One of our favorite things to do together in pageants is pick out outfits and shop. I think that's the girly girl in us. And I definitely cannot do it without her. But another thing on my own is definitely managing my time and knowing when to take breaks. I am the kind of person who will stay up until two in the morning working on stuff if I need to. And that's really unhealthy as you all probably know. So just knowing that a deadline does not define me, that I need to take breaks and relax a little bit is something that's hard for me, but definitely something that I've been able to learn throughout this journey. That is amazing. Yeah, definitely time management skills is one of the best things to learn, especially at your age going forward into your adult life, especially getting ready to go to college. That is such an amazing skill that you're able to go ahead and knock down and you're definitely ahead of the crowd. So you mentioned that you're going to be a D1 athlete for equestrian. So how has that come into play? What was the process like for possible girls out there listening on wanting to become a D1 athlete, especially in the world of horses, what has that whole journey been like for you? I think it's something that's really been there my whole entire life. I knew from the age of four years old, I wanted to ride for the University of South Carolina, even when at this time I was living in Connecticut. So it was something I wanted to do even before I lived in South Carolina. And something that if you are an equestrian and you want to ride in a school, something that you need to do is make yourself present. So whether it be going to horse shows, sending colleges emails, that's something I wish I would have done sooner is I didn't realize you could send out emails sooner. And I think that's something I would really recommend is sending out those emails. Make sure that colleges are watching you, knowing who you are. I can't speak for the other sports because I'm not sure how all that works. I'm barely figuring out the horse part of it, but just making yourself present and making sure that the colleges are watching you, knowing who you are and keeping that keeping you on your radar for their recruiting seasons. That is so awesome. And I, I had a friend that was in biology with at USC who she rode Western is what she said. So could you describe a little bit of the differences in what you will actually be riding? 
Yeah, so I ride Western as well. So what I will be doing is called horsemanship. And all of the events at the college level are pretty much the same thing. It's two riders from two different schools will draw a horse and then they ride that same horse. Whoever scores the highest wins the point for their team. Whatever team has the most points at the end of all four events wins. And so with Western, you obviously, I don't know if you've seen the difference between a Western and English saddle. Western's a little bit of a bigger saddle. The horses move a little bit slower. And so that's what I'm going to be doing. And you have to operate the horse through a pattern. Whoever gets the horse through the pattern without bobbles, no big explosions, because these horses are donated horses, which means they are not, um, you know, the ones that you would typically see at a horse show. So they're a little bit more difficult. And whoever can operate the horse of the pattern the best will win the point for their team. That is amazing. So you truly have to be able to come in and have a quick connection with someone. And I feel like that also goes really well in the pageant world is making those connections. So you mentioned you also have a boutique. And I know we talked about, you know, being able to have time management skills, but I know you're also a sponsor for a good bit of pageants here in South Carolina for sure. What has it been like being able to, you know, have your boutique as well as being able to sponsor different pageants? And if someone possibly wanted to reach out to have you as a sponsor for their pageant, what is the best way that they can reach you? Well, I'm going to start out with the best way they could reach me is my Instagram DMs, my Facebook, my email, which is thefrillyphilly44 at gmail.com. They can reach out to me anyway. I will answer pretty quickly. I'm always on social media, especially on my Frilly Philly social media, trying to build that up. It's something I'm really passionate about. But being a sponsor is something that's really special to me because I know what it's like to be the queen and to receive those sponsorships. And it's something I'm very appreciative of and something that as a title holder, I work really hard to promote those sponsors. And I really appreciate the Queens who do that as well for me. It's really means a lot to be able to give these girls some clothing, which may seem so small, but is really a big thing when you're a queen and having to constantly dress up for appearances, constantly having to buy outfits for nationals. And to have that sponsorship is just something I feel like they really appreciate to at least get one outfit or two that are sponsored that they don't have to pay for. As a pageant person, it is very difficult to have an outfit for every event (laughs) and you always want to, you know, have the best looking outfit or at least have something that's very appropriate for the situation. And so I love looking at your Instagram posts. They are amazing. I'm definitely going to have to check it out. I do have a coupon still from when I had done UNM Miss Anderson. So I'm going to have to use it. I have the whole bag of all of my sponsorship gifts in my trunk because I had moved shortly after that. So everything is still packed up in my car. So I'll definitely have to check that out. So Getting down to the nitty gritty of what we are really here to talk about. Let's talk about Ideal Miss South Carolina team. So what was competing at state like for you? Was it nerve wracking? Was it exciting? Did you feel like you knew what was kind of going on the whole time? Just explain all of that for us. It was really a growing time for me. I just competed at South Carolina Team USA two weeks before. And I competed at USA National Miss before that for two years in a row. In both years, I felt really confident throughout all of my uh, stages of competition, and I made top 15 both years. So going to South Carolina Team USA, I felt very confident, and I had a great interview, which I loved. I loved my onstage presentation and just felt really confident the entire weekend and did not make top 15. And it was really heartbreaking to feel like there's nothing I would have changed but I still didn't get the outcome I could have hoped for, which is not to say that 
a de, um, making top 15 or making top 10 or even winning the crown defines your worth. It just was really heartbreaking to not see any physical thing in return for all the hard work I'd put in. So I made the whim decision to sign up for America's Ideal Miss and ended up obviously winning that title. But throughout that weekend, I really was just like, okay, let's do it again. And my expectations were really lowered. I was taken back and I was like, you know, it is possible to feel 100% confident and the judges just not feel like it was your day or not feel like you were the right person for the title, which before that I didn't think could happen. I thought, you know, you feel confident. There's obviously a reason. So it was just really it was a really eye-opening experience for me to go through the whole weekend knowing that my confidence was something that I had to possess in myself. It is not something that I get my confidence from the judges. And that's what I was trying to do throughout the whole entire weekend is go through a stage of competition, say, that was good. Let's go to the next stage. That was good. Let's go to the next stage. And then standing up there for crowning, I was like, there's nothing more I could do. I'm not going to be upset by whatever happens tonight. I'm just going to go on to the next pageant and keep my confidence up. And I ended up securing the title, which is really exciting. And I'm going to try and keep that same mentality going to nationals. It's not always that easy, but I'm going to try. One of the best pieces of advice that I received recently was the only person you're in competition with is yourself. And going into weekends, I'd always be like, oh, like, how was she? Or texting my mom, oh, what did she look like on stage? But that's just not healthy mentally. Like, it's really not. Like, you really have to think about, okay, I've done everything I needed to prepare. If it wasn't my time, it just wasn't my time. And I know from my own experience of competing at Teen USA for South Carolina, that is hard. It is mentally draining. It is a really long weekend, but it's draining in such a good way because you get so much out of it that you would have never expected. And I was in the era of still swimsuits as a teen. So my journey with that really taught me a lot going forward. And so I really appreciate now that it is an active wear rather than a swimsuit, because at 15, like that is super hard to be in a swimsuit and know that you're going to have, you know, 2000 plus people staring at you or even watching you now online. Like that was really frightening. And so I'm so glad that they have switched that into the active wear, but also you go on stage, you feel confident. You just never know if it's going to be your day or not. As much as you put into it, the 110%, it just may not work out in your favor. And I feel like that's also God saying there's another door that's opening. You just have to wait, just, you know, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And you may, you know, you may win or lose 10 pageants. And then the next one, like that's going to be it. Like you just never know. And so I'm really glad that you turned around after that and said, like, I still want to continue to do this. Like, this is my passion. I enjoy this. This is my sport. I want to continue. And that is always the hardest thing. I was talking to a girl this past weekend of, you know, coming off of a win or a placement and then not winning at all or, you know, not placing as high as you thought. Like, it is soul crushing. Like, it is really hard. And, you know, you got to take that day or two, cry it out, get over it. And then on that third day, you got to bounce back and do it all again. You're like, I am who I am. I'm proud of what I'm doing. And I know that I support myself. Like that is the most important part. So just hearing that you're like, I'm willing to come back, like is so amazing. Like that is such like, you can be proud of yourself in that moment because you chose that you're not going to let yourself be down about it. Like you're going to continue to come back and do it all over again. And then something else too is, as soon as you don't make top 15, you walk off stage and you go sit in the back. And while I was sitting in the back, I was eating the birthday cake that was there. And so that was a little bit of a good moment for me. But 
I constantly was asking myself that night and even for like the next week, okay, what do I need to change about myself going into the next pageant? What do I need to change about my interview, my bio sheet? What do I need to change for my hair, my makeup? And I came to the conclusion that I was 100% my authentic self on that stage for South Carolina Teen USA. And there's nothing that I could change. It just wasn't my day. And I think that's something that a lot of pageant competitors need to hear is just because you didn't achieve the crown doesn't mean that you need to change something. It just means that that panel wasn't for you. It was some other girl's time. It doesn't mean that you need to go and look and say, okay, what do I do differently for next time? It just means that it wasn't your time and you just keep trying until it is. Truly. And you also have to think about it as what was the goal? The goal here was to compete. And that is the box that you need to check. There was only one box. It was just to get there and get it done. Everything else is icing on the cake. You know, like I did amazing in my evening gown, icing on the cake. I did the best interview I've ever done, icing on the cake. So you just have to really think about it as what was the main simple plain goal here? And that was simply to compete. And so you did that. That is where you, you know, get excited. You party afterwards. I'm so excited. Like I did it. That's all I did. And so that's really one of the best things that has been like a mental switch that I've had personally lately of thinking about what is the true goal here? If the goal is to win, you're just setting yourself up mentally for failure. And if you do win, that's great. That's fantastic. But the goal should be to go compete and have fun. That is absolutely it. Your biggest competition is yourself. So you just have to remember that, you know, if I did better than what I expected for myself, I'm a winner. That's awesome. That's the best part. So going into nationals, what are you most excited for? I am most excited to be back in like a national pageant environment. I love South Carolina Teen USA, but it was really upset that it's like only a weekend thing. I wish I could have spent more time with the girls. And luckily, a lot of the same group of girls are going back, I hope. So we'll get to spend another weekend together. But I think what is so special about our national pageant is that it's multiple days. You have multiple parties and you really get to grow a stronger connection with these girls. And that's what I'm really hoping to do here. I know there's tons of parties. You have the welcome party, which is all of us on our Sherry Hill cocktails. And I saw videos from it last year. It looked so much fun. They had one of those stands with a 360 camera and all these, I think they had crumble cookies. Like it was an incredible party. And this is what I saw on social media that I was like, okay, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'm doing that pageant. That looks like so much fun. And I'm really excited to be able to experience that and create those life lasting um, connections. I'm so glad that we could sit down and record this today. This was truly amazing. And I'm so glad the listeners can get to hear a little bit more about who you are and what you bring to the table. And hopefully, you know, some judges are listening too, because I think this would be, you know, a great candidate for title of America's Ideal Miss Teens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and she's going to introduce herself. Hello, everyone. I am Maggie Mae Whittemore, your inaugural um, Ideal Miss North Carolina for 2022. I am so excited to be here joining Casey today and get to talk to you all about my year and about my platform, Authentic Instas, and everything that I'm hoping to accomplish. So thank you for having me here today, Casey. I can't wait. This is so awesome. I'm glad we got to sit down and talk about this. I was actually at your crowning moment. I actually crowned you, which is kind of funny. Um, 
that's what your director was just like hey like you're a sponsor can you just like help crown this week and we need a tall person to help crown the big girls and I was like absolutely I will be there do not worry and I crowned you our interview overall winner for ideal miss carolinas as well as miss north carolina for ideal miss so tell me a little bit about what you've been doing so far with your platform or your title yeah so so far i was crowned at the end of march um so i'm only about two months in a little shy two months in right now um as we are recording this and so far i have worked with um the susan g coleman race for the cure i got to be part of their cheering team at the finish line for both people who are actually doing the timed race portion and those um, survivors who were doing the non-timed portion, which was absolutely fabulous. That was an amazing experience to be a part of that and to celebrate with those, both men and women who were there, um, you know, who have survived and who are who are even still currently fighting cancer, which was fabulous. Um, I have been able to be a part of the North Carolina Arts in Action um, gala that they had. So I was at the North Carolina Art Museum. I got to walk around with these beautiful diamond hoops from Diamonds Direct and show those off for the night and also help them raise money. They raised over $50,000 that night for uh, arts in our schools, which is amazing. Um, I've gotten to be out in my community talking. I've got really exciting things this weekend. I will be a part of the NAMI walk for North Carolina. I'll be emceeing that and getting to help spread awareness for uh, mental illness awareness and all of that. Um, and then I've got a couple more exciting things up my sleeve. Fingers crossed. I'll be at the really, really silly um, of my town. I live in Cary, North Carolina. Um, we have a pimento cheese festival. Um, so fingers crossed. I'm trying to get that ironed out right now, but I might get to judge that and eat some pimento cheese and hand out some awards. It'll be super fun. So I've got a jam-packed summer already planned ahead, which is super exciting. And I know before we sat down to record this, you had mentioned you're actually working with almost like a public relations team. Kind of tell the listeners how that came to be and what that's like and how they have helped you through your reign so far. Yeah, so I do want to give a huge, huge shout out. Um, I was actually booked through um, the the team is called Pageant Relations. Um, you can find them on Instagram with that handle. And I believe their website is just pageantrelations.com. I work with Bria Stone. She's one of the publicists for them. And she has been absolutely fabulous. She's the one who got me booked with NAMI this weekend. Um, she also has written me a fabulous press release that has been sent out to I don't even know how many people, probably hundreds and hundreds of people all across the state, just explaining who I am, what I what I stand for, and what I talk about, a little bit about my background and everything about Ideal Miss. And they have taken care of so much stuff for me. I haven't even had to think. Like I know Bria is in the background working hard, emailing and calling and setting up all these appearances for me uh, over these next three months that I don't even have to worry about. It takes a huge chunk off of my plate, <laughs> honestly, because I mean, I know the pageant girls listening right now know how hard it is to get people to, first of all, like read an email or answer, answer like a voicemail or anything like that to get you to book for something and get you out in front of the public. So having that taken off my plate and having someone work on that for me is fabulous. Um, cannot praise that team more uh, than anything. They just have, like I said, they've made everything so easy. And so anyone who's listening, please, please check them out. They can work with you. They can help you with your platform, they can help you find different organizations to work with and they can they can get you some great places. Speaking about platforms, you said they can help you with your platform. Give the listeners a little bit more insight on your platform. 
Yeah, so my platform is called um, Authentic Instas, and it's all about promoting your real and true self. So I have an Instagram account where I share um, Facetune clubs, as I like to call them. That's my little hashtag for it, um, where I show photos that have been edited really badly and look super silly. I also show unedited photos of celebrities, of myself. I share encouraging words. There are statistics out there, too, about um, how social media affects um, not only our physical health, but our mental health. Um, and I like to say it's a little safe haven for people. If they're kind of tired of scrolling through social media and feeling less than or trying to live up to impossible beauty standards that they're surrounded by all day long, every day, um, they can go there and they can know that they're beautiful the way they are and they don't have to live up to those standards. I've, I've set the bar high of, of the goals I want to reach. My biggest goal what I'm aiming for is to make um, media education mandatory in our schools to work on some legislation, um, starting at least here in the state of North Carolina. I would love to see it nationwide. But that helps um, our students and kids learn that not only what they see on the internet has been edited, but it also helps them avoid um, untrustworthy sources so that they know that the news that they're reading is is factual and it is what they need to know, um, teaches them about Photoshop, and just teaches them how to be safe on the internet as a whole. Um, Kids these days, I sound so old when I say that. Kids these days, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like kids are getting on social media younger and younger and younger um, every single year. So it's important for them to know how to keep themselves safe and to understand that everyone on the internet isn't there to be their friend. So I think that's super important to keep their physical safety and their mental safety. Absolutely, I myself have had a few run-ins with some social media crazies for sure. Um, <laughs> recently, like if I have someone that follows me that just looks some sort of, you know, doesn't look real or the Instagram obviously is very fake, like I immediately block. And the new thing that I love about Instagram is it has an option to block and block all accounts that this creator makes again. And so I like to go through my block list and it'll tell you like has made plus 32 more profiles. And so it's kind of amazing that Instagram is now starting to catch up on these bots or these fake accounts or even just, you know, crazy ex-girlfriends that are making more Instagram successful. Like it is like just crazy. It's absolutely insane. And another thing that I did not come up with this, I think it was Giovanna Lyerly who had done, she was just doing interview prep with uh, Danielle Phelps, Glitter and Goals. And one of the questions that Daniel asked her was like, what is something we could change about social media? And she said, I wish that they had a percentage of how much edited a photo was. And I thought that was such an amazing answer because you're like, wow, like you could really truly say like, okay, yeah, she changed the background, you know, but it would say truly has her image changed from the photo, the time it's in here to the time it's being posted. Like that's the crazy part that I wish people really could see. So I do ask, I, I believe in your platform. There are people out there that 110% face tune their photos. I did an entire challenge for myself two years ago on my personal Instagram where I was like, I will not edit anything except for lighting. Like there will be no edits to my face. Like if I'm just looking rough that day, like I don't care. It's going on social media because I truly want to see if people would like the picture more unedited or unfiltered or anything. And it's funny because they actually did. Like I had, you know, like 400 likes on photos, like my graduation pictures, like all of them from college, like like through the roof of likes. And then now like I'll change the background or I'll do like a cool edit on the photo. And people are like, 200 likes and I'm like what is the difference here people like I don't understand so it's really interesting you know how people like look at Instagram now like they did 
like they used to not look at they're like oh like you can really tell who has facetuned their photos so that's kind of the interesting part so i like that your platform is kind of educating those on you know the safety behind instagram as well as you know don't let yourself kind of you know manipulate your brain to think that like oh like i have to look this way or this is the look because that's probably honestly not what they look like in real life so it's kind of crazy yeah yeah and it's so important to know that i mean i i created authentic instas it it was all stemmed from my own personal struggle with body dysmorphic disorder and that was you know working with people on that and and having lots of discussions of just learning that it came from social media and learning that you know all of these like fitspo i was looking at and these models and everything i mean i i can look through my phone even now and i have pictures saved from a handful of years ago a handful of years ago that are all like these models and these fitness gurus and all this stuff and i look at that now and i'm just like my brain now is so attuned to say like hey that's obviously edited but back then when you're when you're so surrounded by it and it's the environment you're putting yourself into of trying to be that and and be have that body image and understand like oh that's what i want to look like you don't pick up on it and i mean i even have my my degree is in uh, journalism communications and, and digital arts so it's not like i didn't spend four years learning the adobe programs and everything and messing around with photoshop it's not like i didn't do that so it's so easy to get caught up in this world of fake because it's it is what is marketable and what is surrounded by us i mean daily i think the statistic is we see about 30 ads on average daily that's just scrolling through social media i think that is even before social media was really counted in it that was more of like television and the internet so who knows what that number is now but it's just so important to understand that you're beautiful the way you are. I always start off and say that, and I know it's a very cliche thing to say, but I always, when I give these presentations about authentic instas and I talk with either kids or teens or adults even, I, that's the first thing you need to understand. The second thing you need to understand is that the media wants you to feel bad about yourself. They're trying to sell a product. They want you to look at a body image and say, I want to look like her or I want to look like him. They, they don't want you to look at an image and say, oh, well, I, I feel good about myself. I don't need that, you know, I don't even have diet pill or I don't need that. What was the thing a few years ago? Like the, sl- like the slim teas and everything. They don't want you to say that. They want you to want to need that so they can sell more product. And it's so like, there's always this like aha moment, whether it be someone who's eight years old or whether it be someone who's 80 years old, where they finally get that. And they're like, oh yeah, like ads do make me feel bad. So it's just so important for people to understand that you don't need to get so caught up in your own image to feel good about yourself. You can look however you look, as long as you're healthy and you're taking care of yourself, that's all that matters. But going back to pageantry, what are you most excited for about at nationals for America's Ideal Miss? Oh my gosh, I all of it. I, I, it's so hard to pick one thing. Nationals is always just such an exciting experience. Um, I, I'm really excited. I think America's Ideal Miss is, is very unique in the way they offer a lot of optionals, which I think is great um, to give everybody a chance to do something that they enjoy, a, a chance to shine however they want to. So I'm really excited. This is really the first pageant I've done that's offered optionals. It's not just a standard, you know, two or three or four, you know, judged criteria. It's, you know, we got our three judge criteria on stage, but here's all the other things you can do. Um, so I'm super excited to do that and be able to do talent and, um, you know, casual wear and spokesmodel. I did spokesmodel at the state level, which I thought was super fun getting to talk about my platform. 
um, in kind of like an elevator pitch way. So I'm very excited to get to do that. Um, meeting all the girls, that's always, I know that's the very cliche thing to say, but I love getting to meet people. I think that is the most fabulous thing about pageants is you get to meet people from all over and from all walks of life too, which is even more important. I mean, a pageant girls are just so determined and, and hardworking and they just bring so many experiences to the stage, which is fabulous. You can't, there's no cookie cutter pageant girl anymore, which I think is amazing. We've had this evolution of every girl you're going to have on that stage is going to be completely different than the girl she's standing next to. We all have different platforms, interests, um, you know, degrees. We're all different goals in our lives. So I'm really excited to do that, to experience everybody. Um, and just having fun. I mean, nationals, it's a lot of work and you're always exhausted by the end of the week, but then you look back and you go, I had so much fun. So just getting to have fun. I know we have a, a PJ party we're doing, so I can't wait to do that. I've already bought a pair of like fuzzy pink ones. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that. So just any of those experiences, those fun moments, even rehearsals and just hanging out with the girls is just, I'm looking forward to the whole, the full experience and the full package. I know that is going to be so much fun. I actually talked to Christine Alecra Williamson um, yesterday, but this will be weeks ago when this podcast is posted. Um, and she was just giving me more a little insight on Ideal Miss and the prize package that you guys get is ridiculous. And that's definitely what she had mentioned drew her to this pageant because she was like, I've done it. Like, I don't want to do like, I'm kind of taking a rest from pageants. And one of her like close friends was like, no you are going because this prize package is absolutely ridiculous. Like you cannot say no to this. And so ultimately that's what brought her to the system. And I think that's what will continue to bring people back because Neely has the most incredible prize package that you can really gather. I mean, especially with Sherry meeting, being able to meet Sherry Hill and going through, and I know y'all had just had um, like kind of like a workshop weekend at Sherry Hill in Atlanta at the market that was awesome. I was seeing all the little Instagram pictures about it and they had done photo shoots with Austin Ride, which that is on my bucket list of things to do is definitely get a photo shoot with him because he just seems like a amazing person to just, you know, be able to be in front of and like hear what he's done or who he's done makeup for. Like that's just so interesting for myself especially, but I'm really excited for you to go to nationals. Maggie, thank you so much for sitting down to speak with me today. And I'm so glad the listeners got to, you know, get a little glimpse into who you are and what your platform is definitely about. And you know, guys, you never know what happens in the future. So I guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys. Bye.